0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Message, a podcast of Grace Community Church in Delaware. My name is Paul Shirley, and I am the pastor here at Grace Church. And on our Monday podcast, we try to dive into some biblical implications and life issues that maybe would not come up on a normal Sunday morning. There's so many implications to the truth of God. And there are so many life issues that it's hard to deal with them all on Sunday. So we try to take a little time on Monday to reflect and meditate on some of these truths, especially that we've been studying together on Sunday mornings. And currently on Sunday morning in our study of God's word, we're in Galatians chapter four, where we're considering the doctrine of adoption. In Galatians chapter four, verse four, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And of course, here the apostle Paul is using adoption as an illustration of our salvation. And you can hear a little bit more about that from our study by listening to the messages there online. But for our meditation this Monday morning, I want to focus on the fact that this illustration of salvation, adoption, it really focuses on salvation as it relates to the privileges that we receive from having a relationship with God. Uh, This is an aspect of viewing our salvation whereby through grace, God brings us into his family. So we're forgiven. We have a new status. But in addition to all of that, we have a new family relationship with God. And this new family relationship with God has a number of implications as we connect the dots on all of scripture. In fact, one of the sweetest connections that you can make between the doctrine of adoption and our Christian life is in the area of prayer. In fact, I find it very interesting that when Jesus was explaining to his disciples how to pray, really he was anticipating in Matthew chapter six The doctrine or the completion of the work of adoption. The son, Jesus, is teaching his disciples how they can pray as sons, not as hypocrites who stand in the corner seeking to be seen by others, not as the Gentiles who pray superstitiously with vain religious rites and ceremonies in the place of faith, but instead he is teaching his disciples, how they can pray as the adopted sons of God. And of course, you're likely familiar with this instructive prayer, this exemplary prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples. We commonly know it as the Lord's Prayer. And it says in Matthew chapter six, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And of course, here Jesus is instructing disciples on how they can pray. And when viewed through the lens of our adoption, he's teaching us how to pray as the sons of God. And this is an important passage. In fact, this is one of those Uh, foundational passages that Christians throughout the ages have focused on and memorized and made near and dear to their hearts, and I think that's important. Uh, I think knowing the days of creation is important because it's foundational to how uh, our universe relates to God. It, it, It establishes the creature creator distinction. So the days of creation are are important for us to understand. The 10 commandments are important for us to understand because it establishes the moral law and what God expects from us, What what is demanded from a righteous God. And then the Lord's prayer is foundational for us in our Christian life. And it always has been for believers because it shows us how we can approach God as our father. See, As believers in Christ Jesus, we have been brought into union with Christ so that through faith, we are now in the Son. And because we are in the Son, because Christ is our covering, because we are one with him, we are now adopted into the family of God as his children and as his heirs. And as such, with this new position, We have been invited to come to our heavenly Father in prayer. And that's what Jesus is preparing his disciples for. Once you've been adopted into the family, once my work of redemption has been complete, uh, once uh, salvation has come and the gospel has been accomplished, once you are adopted into the family, here is how adopted children pray. And he's not so much talking about the specific words, although I do think it's good to memorize this text, but he's not saying that you should just memorize this and through rote memory, just repeat these words over and over again. No, he's using this as a paradigm for the kind of things that we as adopted children in God's family can pray for when we go to our father. Really, this is not so much a prayer that we should recite all the time it's the kind of prayer that uh, should guide us in our own prayers now, this is an invitation for us to pray as adopted children in fact that's how this lord's prayer begins it's an invitation to pray as adopted children verse 9 says pray then like this our father in heaven uh, we We are praying to our father, our adopted father, the same father in Galatians 4 who sent his son into this world, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might be redeemed from the curse of the law and so that we could be adopted as sons. This is now our father through salvation in Christ. This is the same father who sent his spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so now we can cry out in prayer to him, as our Father. And when we do pray, uh, we can pray as heirs to the kingdom, heirs of God's glory. We can pray for our family inheritance. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And certainly there's a lot that we could learn from this request the priority of seeking God's will, the priority of God's glory in our life and in our prayers, of course, but also since we are co-heirs with Christ in the glory to come, when we as God's adopted children pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done and his name to be glorified, essentially what we're praying for is our own inheritance. Additionally, when we go to the Lord in prayer, we're, we're we're not just praying for our future inheritance and and the growth of God's kingdom, but we can also go to the Lord and pray for His fatherly care. See, one of the things that the doctrine of adoption reminds us of is the love of the Father that He sent His Son. The the Heavenly Father who adopted us into his kingdom through salvation is a loving Father. If you took all the parental love throughout all of history from every mom, every dad who's ever lived and you combined it all together, it would not come close to the infinite love that the Heavenly Father has shown to his adopted children. That's why when we come to him, we can come to him and pray for his fatherly care. Or as Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Provide for us. Lord, you know we're in the midst of a pandemic. You know that people are out of work. You know that some people are sick. You know that everybody is dealing with some kind of anxiety. Some people are really scared. But Lord, we ask for you to provide for us, care for us. And of course, we know that he will. This is what he does. He's our heavenly father. At times, he may allow difficult circumstances in our life, but even that is, spiritual provision for us it's for spiritual good that these things are happening but the point here is that when we go to the father we can pray to him as our father to provide for us Uh, as jesus says elsewhere in the gospels if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his children how much more will god give good gifts to his children which is what we have been made, his children, we can trust that the Lord is going to give us what we need when we need it. And even if that's not exactly what we wanted, we can trust for him to care for us. That's why when we go to the Lord in prayer, we should pray for his fatherly care. Additionally, we can go to the Lord as adopted children and pray for his fatherly forgiveness. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is talking about our sin. Those who have sinned against us, we, we as God's people should forgive, but then also we can go to the Lord and ask forgiveness for our own sins against him. Uh, this is, of course, similar to what we read uh, in 1 John, where it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, some might ask, well, wait a minute, if we're already adopted into God's family, then we've been forgiven. Well, yes, we've been forgiven, Uh, of our sins. We won't stand condemned for them. But what Jesus is talking about here is what we might call a parental forgiveness. In other words, our sins have been covered by the blood of Christ, but if they go unconfessed, they will still be a barrier to us in our relationship with the Father. So my children, I'm going to love them uh, no matter what they do. But if they sin against me, uh, if they lie to me, if they won't confess those sins, if they won't deal with them, then that puts a barrier in our relationship. It hinders our communion, and the same is true with God. When we have sins that are unconfessed and undealt with before the Lord, even though that sin is in a final sense covered by the blood of Christ, it still creates a barrier in our worship of God. And what Jesus is saying when you pray. You go to your heavenly Father who adopted you at great cost to himself, and you seek forgiveness, and he will show it to you. We can trust the same God who forgave us of our sins in Christ to continue in a relational, fatherly way to forgive our sins and to help us deal with those sins in our life. Uh, Don't hold back your confession to the Lord. If you're struggling to confess sins openly and honestly to the Lord, It's because you want to make a provision for the flesh. It's because you want to hold on to those sins. It's not because the Father is unwilling to forgive those sins. We can pray for fatherly forgiveness as adopted children. And to this, Jesus adds, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or the evil one, either generally from sin or specifically from Satan. However you take that, either way, Jesus' point is that as adopted sons of God, we can pray for fatherly protection. If there's anything that a father wants to do for his children, it is to protect them, and we can trust that our Father will protect us as well. We can go to him, And pray lord help me to avoid this temptation protect me from satan's schemes that would try to draw me away from christ Uh, lord protect my soul protect my faith and we can trust that that's exactly what he'll do now sometimes he protects our soul by allowing circumstantial adversity into our lives But we can trust that the same Heavenly Father who sent His Son and sent His Spirit to adopt us into His family will also protect our souls. In fact, it's interesting, the adoption that the New Testament is talking about, specifically the adoption that the Apostle Paul is talking about in Galatians 4 and elsewhere, is based on the Roman law that surrounded ancient adoption which is really not anything like modern-day adoption. The Apostle Paul's day, um, parents, specifically a father, would not adopt a child who needed help. Instead he would adopt an adult who had proven himself worthy and that adopted son would then become the heir to the throne. He would be the one to inherit the father's empire because he was proven worthy of it and capable of it. That's really the way adoption worked back then. And one of the interesting things about the way adoption worked back then was not only was it the adoption of an adult son to be the, the heir to the kingdom, but also it was interesting because a Roman father under Roman law had absolute power over the entire family, absolute authority, uh, which meant he could remove somebody from the family, even under Roman law, had the power to execute rebellious children. But one of the interesting things is under Roman law, once a father made the decision to adopt a son, that was irrevocable. Father could make the decision to kick a natural-born child out of the family for transgressions, but an adopted son he was stuck with no matter what. It was irrevocable. And certainly that's the same truth, the same thing that is true in our adoption as God's children. In fact, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter eight, uh, right after talking about the doctrine of adoption in Romans chapter eight, says in Romans eight thirty one, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Of course, the answer is no one. Paul goes on and says, For I am sure that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He has adopted us by that love, and we will never be separated from that love if we're believing in christ jesus which affects everything about us including how we pray that's what jesus was trying to teach his disciples in matthew chapter 6. he was trying to teach them how to pray as adopted children